The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning. Everybody, this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I often think that if Andy Warhol were around today, instead of saying that in the future everybody would be famous for 15 minutes, I think he would probably say something along the lines of, in the future, Bill de Blasio will run for every elective office that he's eligible for for 15 minutes. By now, I am sure you have heard the news. Mayor Bill de Blasio has dropped out of the congressional race. This is a video that he posted to Twitter yesterday. I'm not going to play you all of it, but here's a bit of it. And I've listened really carefully to people. And it's clear to me that when it comes to this congressional district, people are looking for another option. And I respect that. And I just want to say I love the people of this city. I really want to keep serving, and I'm going to find a different way to serve. Bill de Blasio ran for president, dropped out, wanted to run for governor, ultimately dropped out, flirted with running for Congress against Nicole Maliotakis, chose not to, and now he's dropping out of a race that he's already on the ballot in, and the primaries next month in this uh, New York 10th congressional district, crowded field. The mayor raised $500,000 and only spent $60,000, so one has to wonder, why would he do this? Why would he drop out? Why would he not give it the old college try and spend that last $440,000 on trying to get out every vote, buy some ads, build up an organization, and so forth? Well, I think the answer becomes clear if you look at the headlines we were seeing in October of 2021. Mayor Bill de Blasio's $1 million bill. He owes lawyers lobbyists and taxpayers. Sure enough, the mayor owes one of the city's biggest law firms upwards of $435,000. That's to say nothing of the department investigation commissioner telling him that he had to reimburse the taxpayers $320,000. So the mayor has about $440,000 left. He happens to have a legal bill of about $435,000. Now, there's nothing that prohibits him from using that congressional campaign money to pay a big chunk, if not all, of this legal bill. I think now we're learning why Bill de Blasio wanted to run for Congress in the first place. I don't doubt for a second that he wanted to win, but I think his attitude was, look, if I can't win, I'll raise half a million dollars, enough to make a big, big chunk of my payments to these folks that I owe money to. I think that's what a big part of this candidacy was about. It's just my two cents. I could be way off base. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. If you ever want to email me, you can do so. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at WABCRadio.com. I always enjoy when people send me articles. Now, I read the major newspapers every day. The New York Times, New York Post, Wall Street Journal, New York Daily News. So if something's in one of those publications, you probably don't need to send it to me. I've probably already seen it. And I'm always amazed at the days when 
there are maybe a dozen, two dozen listeners all sending me an email that's essentially the same article. And I always think to myself, by the 10th or 11th person, don't they realize that I probably read this article already? But don't stop sending me those articles because, of course, the one day that uh, I tell people to stop sending me an article that it's a subject I'm interested in, then, of course, I won't have seen it. That was the case this week when a whole bunch of people were sending me articles about how the Godfather Mansion... The mansion where The Godfather was filmed, where the Corleone family lived, is now on Airbnb. Now, this is pretty cool. This year marks the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, one of my favorite pictures, if not my favorite picture of all time. Coppola's groundbreaking classic, and there's a whole resurgence of interest in it because of the Paramount Plus series, The Offer. So if all this attention over The Godfather means you're looking for a more immersive Corleone experience, the mansion scene in the 1972 original is now on Airbnb. Located in my home borough of Staten Island, the 6,248-square-foot home was built in 1930. It looks great. The exterior was used to depict the Corleone house. Inside, the property has been renovated and can accommodate up to five guests at a time. And it looks pretty cool. I wouldn't mind staying here. Bookings for a 30-night stay for August 1st through 31st open on July 27th at 1 p.m. The mansion runs $50 nightly or $1,500 for the 30-night rental. I feel like that's not crazy. $1,500 for 30 nights? Unless I'm missing something else here. So I I am not going to bid on this because it seems silly to bid on spending a month in a place that I already live. However, if you bid on this or if you try to book this and uh, you are successful and you throw a party, I wouldn't mind coming to the party. I'll bring some booze. I'll bring some food. We'll have a good time. Maybe we even do a screening of The Godfather. So if you end up booking this uh, Airbnb Corleone house, I'd love to come visit. Email me. I will absolutely come unless you're a total crazy person, in which case, No need to email me. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com to be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I know a lot of people are excited about the governor's race in New York. I know a lot of people are excited about the midterm elections around the country. I know a lot of people might be excited about certain state legislative races, and those are all important. I'll be the first one to say those will have very, very broad consequences. But I'll be honest with you, the election that I am watching most closely is an election that I am betting you haven't heard anything about. It's taking place not in November, but on Tuesday in a community that's very small that will have no candidates' names on the ballot. What am I talking about? Have I taken leave of my senses? Quite possibly. Homedale, New Jersey is going to have a special election on Tuesday to decide whether recommendations by the Charter Study Commission should be implemented or not. Essentially, if this question passes next week, it would put an end to local political parties on the ballot and it would let the voters pick the mayor themselves. See, currently now they elect five at-large town council members and then the council 
council members pick the mayor from among themselves. If this happens, you'll get to have direct election of the mayor. The mayor will serve a four-year term, and there'll be no Republican candidate, Democratic candidate. The candidates will just run as people. I think this is so incredibly exciting. This has kicked up a lot of active groups on both sides of the issue, people promoting this question, people promoting a rejection of this question. But I believe nonpartisan elections, particularly at the municipal level, is the future, not just for Homedale, but for a lot of other cities around the country that might be considering something like this. As the Charter Commission's report said, they use that old quote from Fiorella LaGuardia, which I quoted last week. There is no Republican or Democrat way to pave a road or remove the snow. Political party affiliations at the local level allow partisanship to get in the way of sound decision-making and good government for the good of the people. I could not agree more. I am really hoping Homedale passes this. I think this will go a long way towards reducing polarization in this country. Now, I'll be the first to admit, you can still have polarization in politics without political parties, and you could still have partisanship when you have nonpartisan elections. I think this is a tremendous first step. I hope it passes. If you're a Homedale resident, I hope you vote for it. And I hope this provides a model for what all cities in the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, other places can be doing in the future. Nonpartisan elections and the possibility of nonpartisan elections is something that causes me to be very optimistic about the future of the country. I don't want to say it's our only hope, but I think it's one of our best hopes to turn things around. That's my two cents. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Well, today marks the beginning of a new era. Since December of 2020 or thereabouts, I have been a part of the 5 a.m. hour. It was initially called the Executive Hour, and then it was very appropriately renamed the WABC Early News. And initially, I hosted this hour by myself, then I co-hosted it with Juliet Huddy. And then since November, when my son was born, it's been hosted largely by Deb Valentine, who has done a great job with this hour. But I've still been involved. I've still been recording the business report which airs during the uh, during the hour and you know we just basically tell you what the stock market did and so forth i wanted to let you know that beginning today that will no longer be the case because wabc is now going to be airing the lou dobbs financial report like i was saying yesterday if your ex-wife gets rid of you and moves on to bradley cooper you can't be too upset. Same thing with broadcasting a business report. I don't know anything about business. And for, for me to be replaced with one of the most famous financial reporters of all time, Lou Dobbs, is kind of an honor. So I don't mind that at all. And I'll be honest, you know, I've got a lot on my plate already with the four hours of this show, with the podcast that I do, the Racket Report, and some other things that I do at the station. I uh, am not going to miss need to do that uh, business report. But from now on, you'll get to hear the Lou Dobbs financial report. Maybe we'll have Lou on the show soon to talk about what makes his commentary and his business report so unique. But stay tuned for that for the five o'clock hour. If you're wondering where I am, that's where I'll be probably home. Meantime, uh, I told you yesterday about this July 30th Ferry Hawks game. Very excited because WABC and the Ferry Hawks are giving 77 WABC listeners a chance to win a pair of tickets for the Ferry Hawks game on July 30th versus the Lancaster 
barnstormers. If you are the seventh caller right now at 800-848-9222, that's 800-848-WABC, you'll have yourself a pair of tickets for the July 30th Ferry Hawks game. In addition to seeing the game, you'll get to see us, including me, play the NYPD softball game. I mean, we're going to get crushed. I hope not, but I'm trying to think positive, but I think they're much more practiced than we are. We're going to play WABC on-air talent versus the NYPD in a softball game before the Ferry Hawks game, and one of the lucky ticket winners will be randomly selected to be the first base coach for WABC. So that's pretty cool. So I'm hoping if you are the seventh caller, you know something about baseball and base running. And then after the game, there'll be fireworks. So if you want a pair of tickets to see us play softball and see the Ferry Hawks play baseball, be the seventh caller now to 800-848-WABC. To be continued.